Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about viruses. Could you please tell me what what is virus? Um, sure. So a virus is a program or an encapsulated frequency. Uh, you could consider that to be one of the simplest life forms. Um, although technically, um, it really has, um, it, it is less sophisticated than most other life forms in the way that it only has one mission, which is to find a host and multiply so that the program could be fulfilled. So that would be the short answer to your question. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the the origin of viruses? Like, uh, how did they get to this planet in the first place? Sure. So, um, a virus is a universal construct. It does not originate on planet Earth, although it is very um, present on planet Earth right now. Um, originally, viruses were created in order for... Uh, different realms, including higher realms, um, to make noticeable shifts and work through stuck energies in low-dimensional worlds. Um, Basically, a low-dimensional world is a world that could be considered very remote for someone who is, you know, in their light body uh, or who is out of body. Because the dimensions are just so different and the frequencies are so different. Um, So a virus is like a thought form, right? That is encapsulated. And um, it can be transmitted from, you know, higher realms down to the lowest realms. Because, you know, once a a particular world or planet is created... You know, it is sent on its own mission, you know, and it is going through its own evolutionary process from point A to point Z. And a lot can happen on that road. Um, Sometimes it serves a greater good and other times it does not. So a virus is a program or a construct that was created by the architect um, and, you know, those entities in the position of power around how this universe operates um, in order to shake things up and in order to be able to change trajectories of planets and worlds that are not evolving according to the greater good or according to their own path. So those viruses are, you know, they're very, very small, very microscopic, very simple programs. Right, not very sophisticated programs as far as programming goes in this universe, they're about as simple as it gets, nonetheless, very effective. Each virus, you know, contains one particular type of program, right? But as a construct, the viral construct can be infused with any kind of thought form or any kind of program, Um, and you know, it could be custom made or customized. Um, to fit the world of the planet that it is being imbued or embedded into. So from that standpoint, no, viruses did not originate on planet Earth. Rather, it is a universal type of energy entity um, program that was created um, as a means of management. (laughs) Uh, Management, yeah, I guess is, is the right word. 
And is it pre present on all planets? It is present on... Uh, no, it doesn't, it's not present on all planets because not all planets go off course. Not all planets require intervention. Um, but it is present on a lot of planets. So the majority of creation would have some type of programming that would need to be done to it at one point or another. You know, there are viruses that become very obsolete. So the idea of, you know, embedding a virus into a planet is so that that program runs its course and then disappears. So very often you would have viruses that kind of like seemingly appear out of nowhere and then disappear into nowhere and then never repeat themselves. Um, hardly ever would the viral program completely disappear only to come back. Uh, because generally, you know, embedding a particular thought form is enough to cure a particular planet from that ailment or from that stuck energy. So very often viruses do not repeat themselves um, on a particular planet, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, a particular type of virus can be created to cure stuck energy of, let's say, pain, right? And that same construct can be embedded simultaneously on thousands of different planets all across the universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you control the virus? Uh, can I'm you like... define you huh? in this sentence when you say can you control? Oh, like the, the creator of the virus. Can they just tell, uh, decide that oh, this virus doesn't serve the purpose anymore? Absolutely. And then in this case, they just turn it, it off. Yeah, because it's a program. Mm, okay. um, it has embedded in a determination mechanism that would just basically switch off the future multiplication. There is no, you know, a virus is a very simple program. It's kind of like if you imagine a computer, there are so many things you can do on the computer. A virus is something that would do one particular function. For instance, you know, it could, you know, just close all of your windows. Mm -hmm. And that is the function that it has. Or it could only type letter M. And that's the only thing that it does. Uh -huh. And it cannot do anything else. So viral programs are very simplistic and very precise. They're created to do one thing and one thing only, right? Hmm. Um, super simple organisms. But they're also very effective at that one thing. <laughs> they kind of always achieve what they're meant to achieve. Huh. Interesting. And uh, does, it, does it have its own consciousness? In a way, yes. Uh -huh. Got it. In a way, yes. The consciousness of the viral program, though, you know, basically the purpose of these programs is to get, you know, th there is an outcome, right? There is a North Star that each virus is built around. For instance, you know, the virus that, you know, say its purpose is to type letter M mm -hmm. a million times. Yeah. So up until it types letter M a million times, its purpose is not considered complete. In the typing of the letter M a million times, and, and how that transpires though, that is quasi controlled by the virus because it could type a letter M on one machine a million times, or it can type the letter M once on a million machines. Hmm. And so the consciousness of the virus has control of how this program gets implemented but doesn't have control over what it's supposed to be doing and what is the end game hmm. so in other words yes it has consciousness because it can select multiple different paths yeah right and um does it only affect your physical body or it also affects uh, your energetic bodies it actually depends on the virus because sometimes, and you know, it's very much, you know, you know, every, every virus in, in other words has a creator or energies that are creating it or putting that, solidifying that program inside of the capsule or encapsulating that program inside of this membrane in the form of DNA or RNA strand. So um, basically they're the ones that, you know, tell the virus, you know, what, it, what its purpose is. Um, Sorry, could you repeat your question? But how can it affect your energetic bodies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, basically, depending on the creator, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the pro- problem that the creator is trying to solve. Um, the virus would be written, that program would be different, constructed differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the purpose of the virus is just to impact and affect the physical body. Sometimes, you know, there are viruses that mostly impact the emotional or mostly impact the mental or mostly impact the energetic. Sometimes there are viruses that impact all of the above hmm. or a combination. It all really depends on the program uh, or the, rather the problem that needs solving and what the creator believes is the best way to do that mm-hmm. um, in order to achieve the end goal. Hmm. But can you say that, for example, like depression is kind of virus in this case? No. No? It is a condition that uh-huh. can be cured by a virus, but that virus has not been created yet. Nobody has specifically targeted depression in this dimension with a virus. Could it be cured with a virus? Absolutely. Huh. Because depression is actually just stuck energy. And um, can you give an example of a virus that actually works with like a mental condition instead of physical? Uh, it's not so much... Okay. So when, when you ask your question is, can it work in the mental body? Yes. Does it mean it works with the mental condition? Does not necessarily mean that it works in the mental on mental conditions. It works on thought forms. Uh-huh. For instance, when a particular thought form needs to be eradicated, and from that uh, from that standpoint, a lot of viruses that have been creating on created on Earth, pretty much since the very beginning, at one point in time dealt with the mental aspect or a thought form, because a thought form, when persistent enough, creates a loop which creates stuck energy, which uh-huh. is precisely what the virus is here to eradicate. Got it. And uh, do do you have, for example, fear of connection? Mm -hmm. um, You know, one of the aspects of the mental aspects um, of so like fear is an emotional aspect, but like what birth is fear is a mental aspect of a thought process or like a negative thought um, pattern. Mm -hmm. So AIDS, for instance, right, uh, is a viral infection. Uh, very, very present still, but kind of dying out because the program, the mental program that it was there to solve, which is the fear of connection with another human, mm-hmm. right, is um, processed in a way or is kind of like dwindling down to a point where that virus is not needed anymore. So it's starting to reach its destination point. Mm-hmm. I see what in another mean. 50 years, AIDS is not going to exist because that same thought form that originally created a feeling of the fear of connection that eventually in, the, in, in somebody's body implants and gets multiplied as a virus of AIDS hmm. and then creates all of these physical symptoms, right? Yeah. Actually, basically all of this gets cured, but it would start in the mental with curing a thought loop and a thought form then it would work with an emotional body and the emotion of fear of connection and then it would move forward to the next stage and actually hear the physical uh, clean the physical up Mm -hmm. got it and uh, what is the um, relationship of the humanity with viruses well I mean, there are so many angles to look at it, to be honest. Um, Humanity, on the one hand, manifests a particular virus by the condition that they're in, right? So they're co-creating the virus. You know, there might not be specifically the entity or the entities that program this particular source code and put that inside of a membrane and then, you know, infect the planet. But there is always free will on planet earth albeit subconsciously right so one important relationship that humanity has with the virus is manifesting it calling it into existence attracting it and bringing it to life right Mm -hmm. now it might be very much in the subconscious and it might be kind of like almost like the reverse right (laughs) Somebody might want a lot of love, but they actually are in the state of a lot of hate 
or a lot of anger, a lot of loneliness, right? So they might not manifest love right away, but they might manifest a cure for the hate, right? Hmm. So that's one relationship that yeah. humanity has to the virus. Another relationship that humanity has to the virus is because humanity is so deep asleep, they are unaware of the chain reaction of how things happen and transpire in their life. What I'm saying is they are unaware that they're actually the ones manifesting the virus in the first place. So another relationship that they have to the virus is that of complete um, loss of control and complete victim. Victim mentality. Yeah, so they feel completely victimized and, uh, you know, like they cannot control this virus. There is like an absolute like loss of power that humanity is experiencing in relation to any virus because they cannot treat it like they can treat bacterial diseases, right? Hmm. So they, you know, viruses are understudied, quote unquote. You know, they are less understood. There is, you know, a lot of them that don't have a cure. The only thing you can do is vaccinate to prevent it from even happening, right? Mm -hmm. And vaccination is a whole other separate <laughs> subject. Because when humanity has a particular emotion in the subconsciousness, in the collective, that would eventually manifest a particular virus, vaccinating humanity against that emotion, what it does is it dumbs the emotion down. It doesn't eradicate the emotion. It just dumbs it down and makes you unreceptive to the frequency of that emotion, hmm. which means that it actually prolongs the suffering. Because what humanity does when you're in a, like, imagine just being all drugged up. Uh, you know, they do that sometimes to mental patients Yeah. on this planet. You're all drugged up, like you don't know what's, you know, black and white anymore, what's night and day and like what, what your name is. Like, that is the state that humanity is in once it has been injected with an antidote to a particular emotion, not an antidote, not a vaccine, right? So they spend like their lives in essence, in the soup where that emotion is present, but it's so suppressed and so, so much in the subconscious that they're not even able to manifest the cure for that suppressed emotion. Hmm. So in fact, it prolongs the suffering and it prolongs the time frame in which that particular stagnant energy can be cured and eradicated and new things can be birthed. And it kind of like solidifies and cements humanity in the status quo more so than you know bringing about that change that humanity craves so much by experiencing a certain emotional frequency mm -hmm. uh, is it always an emotion no uh, like i said it could be a thought form mm -hmm. right uh, yeah. like a negative belief um, um which generally triggers emotion right um so those two, for the most part, mm -hmm. are the ones that trigger a virus. Yeah. Is there anything else that triggers the virus? Just so we like understand what are the main triggers? No, for the most part, it's like, you know, there are more things than just like thought forms, like anything that has to do with your mental body, you know, such as, um, you know, your memories, the baggage from past lives, all of that, that is in your energetic soup. Yeah. Right. Um, some of you might call it karma, you know, all of those things, ancestral karma, right? Like all of the, everything basically in the mental and the emotional body that you're holding on to that has that negative frequency to it, that uh -huh. is not a pure vibration, could eventually manifest a virus as a cure to a certain degree. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, but it feels like that a lot of people should have this frequency or like thought form or emotion to manifest this virus absolutely and uh like it, how many people should have this number of emotions <laughs> so it's not a, about how many people but basically when you take humanity as a whole right as a body that consists of different humans as cells. Right. You can kind of do a quick temperature check of humanity as a whole. And, you know, humanity as a whole as an organism is already vibrating at a particular frequency. Mm -hmm. And it's not as, as easy and it's not as black and white 
as to say, well, you know, 30% of humanity is feeling it, that everybody else is feeling it. No, in fact, if 1% really feels it in their bones, sometimes that can be enough to manifest it for the rest of humanity. Because the way this works is actually really interesting, right? Like, um, you certainly have, like, it's all about the, like, if we're talking the emotional cause, yeah. it's all about the intensity of that emotion. If we're talking the mental cause, it's all about how ingrained that thought form or how present that thought form is, you know, in people's uh, mental bodies. So because human beings are communicating to each other, both with their mental and emotional bodies, if one of them has a particular thought form, it gets transmitted to so many others. So in that way, you're never truly alone in feeling something. When you're saying, oh, I wish somebody could share my pain. Like truly, if you t talk to somebody, they would share a big chunk of your pain. But it, you don't only transmit a particular frequency by telling somebody how much you're hurting. You're actually just doing it and sending all of these things into the ether, kind of in your day-to-day, -day, just like you wake up and you already are transmitting a particular frequency. You don't even have to try. It's like such a natural thing to be for a human being. Yeah. Um, that basically, you know, if you have a particular thought form, such as like, I'm fat, you've probably already passed that on to thousands of people hmm. as a frequency, right? So that's why when I said like 1% of humanity feels something, they've probably passed that on to most of the humanity at that point, hmm. because we are a hurt species. As that, and as such, you communicate non-verbally around what you're feeling and what you're thinking on a daily basis, whether you want it or not. Right. Right. Because of that, it creates like a, a certain frequency, you know, and humanity doesn't vibrate. It's not just like one emotion that humanity is feeling. It's so many, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of them that are prevalent. And then there are a lot of them that are, you know, a lot of thought forms that are being thought very often and very frequently. And then the, there are ones that are not as frequent and also, it is such a dynamic thing too. Mm -hmm. Right now, for instance, you know, we're, you're seeing, you know, uh, like being vegetarian and being vegan as one of the new trends. And it's actually all started as a thought form uh, and an emotion. Well, first actually started as an emotion for the people that were just, you know, no, were noticing the animal cruelty. Mm -hmm. And that created, you know, they were taking that cruelty and that emotion as part of themselves and repelling that as like they were not ready to put up with that energy anymore, right? Yeah. And they, you know, whether their relatives wanted, you know, wanted, wanted to hear why they, were, they became vegetarian or not, whether the people surrounding them wanted to hear how the animals were suffering or not, they were still being fed that information energetically because some people just chose to care. And then, you know, that pretty much, and, you know, almost like it's like a contagious feeling or contagious thought. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, you know, the next step in that chain reaction was a thought form for people that just wanted to be healthy. That also was tied up to the emotion of, I don't want to be unhealthy because I'm eating dead bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, and all of that, that that's creating, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, that information was started to be transmitted to the rest of humanity, all of a sudden you have a trend, right? Huh. All of a sudden, like a lot of people feel that way and you're going to start seeing that energy continue because human beings pass on information as a herd species. They kind of contaminate, or sometimes it's in a good way, they pass their thoughts and feelings along to the people next to them. Hmm. All of a sudden it's a trend. Yeah, I see what you mean. And... Um... What's the connection uh, between uh, virus and disease? Uh, complicated answer here. Or maybe I'll try to simplify it. Virus manifests in the physical in the format that you would call disease. Mm-hmm. But that's actually not a disease. I'll explain what I mean. Yeah. So disease is not created equal, right? Right. 
a virus is something that, and very often they would tell you that, like there is nothing you can do with it, just like wait it out, wait it out, wait it out. Like they, they tell you that with the flu. There's not a lot of medication against the flu. You just have to wait it out. Common cold, viral infection, wait it out, right? Part of the reason is because they truly don't know how to stop it. Um, but the other reason is that the virus is gonna take its course. Like once that program has been launched, it, it within a particular entity, right? Within mm. a particular body, it, it will finish and run its course. Here's what the virus does to your, like let's talk about maybe the biology of the virus so that you understand uh, what, what it actually does to your body and why it's technically not a disease. So a virus, like I said, is a very simple life form or a thought form that only has basically its program, which is encapsulated in its DNA. Like what is its mission? What am I supposed to be to do? Right. Once I get inside of a host, what is my mission? What should I do within that host? Viruses, by the way, don't only exist in people. They exist in all living things. There are viruses for animals. There are viruses for plants. There are viruses for uh, rock formations. And they all are transforming stuck energy and removing blockages. And yes, sometimes not in a very nice way because it, it, it could be perceived as painful by the organism. Uh, because it's a little bit like uh, the taking over is happening, right? So the virus, actually, you know, that thought form um, that it is gets encapsulated into a membrane and, you know, gets transmitted. Like, say that the virus imparts itself inside of a host, right? It gets inside, um, which is the beginning of the what you would call the disease stage it would find a particular type of cell that it is meant to uh, to multiply through right there are some uh, viruses that only multiply in the liver some viruses that only multiply in the lungs etc etc so there are very particular they're meant and brought up and created to impact a particular kind of cell that is corresponding to a particular part in the emotional body or the mental body that the virus is here to heal, actually, right? Yeah. So what ends up happening is it goes uh, straight to that kind of cell, gets attracted to that kind of cell. And then it's generally, you know, obviously not everybody who has lungs, for instance, is going to get that disease, even if they got the virus inside of their body. Um, then it is because not everybody actually gets sick and then it's dependent on to what degree that particular individual, that particular human or animal or plant is going through or has that stuck energy that is the same vibration that the virus, hmm. right? Yeah. So if the virus is here to heal pain, and it gets inside of the body that's not feeling pain related to this particular thing that it's healing. It's just it's it's just gonna stay there, and then eventually it'll it'll just uh, you know as the body's secreting and removing things for an op objects from its body, it just would leave the body. It's not gonna cause anything. But if it finds that which it it's there to heal through <laughs> penetrating. Then what ends up happening is the cell actually kind of on, you know, it kind of like recognizes that frequency. The cell is like, oh, hi, you're kind of like me. So the cell in the human, let's take a human uh, as, as an example, would embrace the virus and it would kind of like basically, um, you know, almost kind of like encapsulated right and take that little virus as part of itself and then it would transmute the my the membrane and would download the little program that was in that virus in that dna or rna of that virus and then the cell starts multiplying this program many 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 times over it's very exponential growth hockey stick growth up up and to the right that is how this multiplication happens because the virus, when it comes, it must take over or it cannot move the energy away because blocked energy is actually really, really hard to move. You're going to have to like pretty much either take over or you fail. 
So that multiplication is actually super rapid. And then of course that cell then sends signals that the cells that are neighboring cells that have the same frequency and the same vibration that the virus and itself would do the same thing. Ultimately, this cell manufactures that code, that viral code, up until it dies. And that death is actually, it, it, it's, um, it's very rapid because it's using all of its power and all of its resources to create, you know, viral cells. Right. So it's working extra hard. And then when that cell dies, you know, if enough cells die, it's like rapid cell regeneration. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the body is able to move through that energy and blockage because the old cells, you know, they're kind of reprogrammed. So they're not holding on to that old energy anymore that was holding them back, actually, unbeknownst to the host. They just die out. And so you have like a rapid succession of cells dying out. So even their memories of like the daughter cells and the granddaughter cells, they their memories are shifted. Mm-hmm. So they stop passing on the code to that frequency that was the problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. And with that, the virus also dies out. So what you experience as disease is actually this process. It's just this process of massive multiplication of the viral code in order to kill off the cells that are transmuting or holding on to energy that is not serving the host. Hmm. Now, unfortunately, sometimes the energy of the human is just so that energy could be so stuck that in the process of this rapid multiplication, the body gets overloaded and the host dies. It Hmm. does happen, but it's, you know, that is not the mission of the virus because for any virus, more people survive than the ones that die. Mm -hmm. So they're able to then shift the overall psyche of humanity over time or Hmm. sometimes instantly. Yeah. Right. And then the ones that had too much of this energy, like some, some humans had too much of that particular energy that the planet or the architect consciousness thought was the problem that it's almost better for that host to die to make way for new energies to emerge for the collective good now that's what gets you know perceived and manifested as disease Hmm. and especially people who are like you know fighting something hard and have a lot of symptoms they are the people that had the most of that frequency that needs to be cured and sometimes they make it and sometimes they, they, they don't which you know from your perspective is very sad and potentially like a very brutal way to get rid of something. But what's even sadder is not addressing that that needs to be addressed. You know, just living in in that energy is canned fish. Hmm. From the higher perspective, that is actually a lot more detrimental to a lot more generations of beings. Yeah. Than dealing with something and facing it head on. Hmm. So basically, uh, like a disease is... um like a physical manifestation of either like a virus or something else like a thought so or emotion, I would, right? Yeah, I would say disease is something that unless reversed is not going to stop it's is not going to itself stop. Right. So disease generally progresses. Mm-hmm. The viral infections don't. They have a clear beginning and a clear end. As soon as they clean up that energy and generally that beginning to an end is like under two months long at most it's like a week to two months long that is the time frame in the lifetime of a virus it's a very rapid fire program it's not meant to stay in your body forever you kind of either make it or you don't oh got it a disease is something that you know when it takes hold in your body unless treated and by treated i don't just mean medication by the way you know, it would kind of keep getting worse and it's not just necessarily going to go away in such a rapid time frame. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. That is what would, you know, what we would call the disease. Got it. And uh, why do viruses mutate? Well, because they have a consciousness of their own. To make them effective um, for so many different 
planets. You know, there is um, there is a little bit of the part of their DNA that is a little bit like a blank slate that allows the virus to adapt. Remember how initially I told you like the virus actually has a choice whether to type letter M on one machine a million times or in a million machines once. Yeah. Because that creativity is actually left to the virus so that it can complete its job. Sometimes viruses need to mutate when they're not able to get to that end goal. So when their end goal is typing it a million times and they're at 600,000 and they need another 400,000, but the macro factors have changed. Mm-hmm. Or like something is off track. Not enough people get infected. Not enough, like, or like, for instance, it was like embedded in the wrong way and in the wrong place, wrong time. I don't know. People were busy being happy. Whatever it was, <laughs> like it's not able to complete its mission. It must mutate to get to a million. If it, something stops it, sometimes it needs to find like better ways, more cunning ways. Now the thing is, it only mutates up until the point that it reaches its million. And then it will die out itself. Hmm. I see. Cool. And uh, what role does the immune system play uh, in like the virus fighting? Absolutely none. Immune system kills off bacterial infection. uh, Because bacteria, they're kind of... Your immune system reacts to things that it perceives as living intruders. And that is why it is important to understand that virus is not perceived to it as a threat by it. Sorry. Like your immune system does not identify the virus as a threat. Not truly. Not the way that it would perceive a bacteria. And so, you know, it would fix it a little bit, but not all the way. Like truly, it just has to run its course. And also... When basically, when the virus gets enveloped into a, a cell, right, then it's pretty much, you know, it would, it would have to be like the only way to kill that is for the immune system to go and kill off its own cells, which happens sometimes in an autoimmune disease hmm. when the body kills its own cells. But, you know, that's also hardly healthy. You know, your body is not meant to attack itself. It's meant to attack intruders. Now, your body perceives bacteria as an intruder, but it does not perceive a virus as an intruder. And truly, the reason it is so is because the virus is actually a good thing for you. Like, maybe not for you individually, if you don't survive, but for humanity as a whole. And so the way human bodies are designed is actually, there is like a loophole in the human defense mechanism for the virus to come in and take over. Because it's actually initially been created, you know, the, like the benevolent virus was created to heal and move through energy that the being can move through other ways. So it is a healing mechanism. And that's why your immune system does not perceive it as a threat in the way it would a bacteria. Hmm. Got it. Uh, are there any um, other like side missions that the virus has what do you mean by side missions Mm, i don't know does it affect like human dna in any way depending on the virus there are viruses that you know their mission is to change human dna and then there are viruses that don't have that mission so it depends on the virus Mm, got it can you tell me more a little bit more about viruses that change human dna There haven't been too many. Um, I'm not seeing actually any in the past 10,000 years that were specifically targeting human DNA change. Huh. Interesting. Uh, But is there, like, is it the way to change humans' DNA? Like, to to send a virus? Uh, Is it? Like, the only way to change the DNA? Like, to upgrade it or open certain parts? No, not the only way. No? One no. of them? It, it is possible. Um, it's just... Um, 
did I say anything that made you think that viruses change people's DNA? No, I, I just I read uh, and I wanted to check if it's true or not. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Like I said, some viruses, um, you know, their mission would be to go and unlock something in the DNA. The thing about human DNA, though, is basically it a lot of it unlocks naturally as vibrations rise. Hmm. So it's almost like, think of like low vibration frequencies are like pressure and density, pressure and density. And it's like, imagine a flower being under a rock. Mm -hmm. It's like really hard for it to bloom in a certain way. Now, if that rock is being lifted slowly as you're moving into wider energy, so all of a sudden the flower is like able to blossom. So the way the human DNA is going to get unlocked is actually there are like all these lock mechanisms that you know, basically correspond to planetary vibrations. Mm-hmm. You know, if vibrations are this many megahertz, you know, this is what starts to get unlocked. If there are, you know, another like, I don't know, two times better, that gets unlocked. Mm-hmm. Sometimes viruses, and I, again, like, there is, you know, an exception to every rule. And sometimes that, you know, a decision is being made by the higher consciousness or the architect, um, to unlock a certain DNA strand, a certain DNA aspect, either prematurely or before the vibrations reach a certain level. Uh, If that decision is made, then a particular virus that unlocks a certain DNA, like uh, aspect of the DNA, is going to be embedded into humanity. But this is not what I'm seeing happen right now. Got it. Makes sense. And... um... Mm, what is the key to like the virus cure like what should the humanity know about the virus in order to cure it because it seems like right now like the relationship between virus and the humanity is like in a bad condition (laughs) well there is no relationship right now yeah no to a point that people don't even understand that they've manifest they've manifested it in the first place right so is there like any advice or like the steps that the humanity should do in order to understand uh, viruses thing is when you say understand viruses there is so many like you cannot understand a virus as a class it's useless right because it's like it's like understanding programming languages just because you understand one doesn't mean you understand all of them mm-hmm. just because you speak chinese doesn't mean you speak italian right right so i don't think it is so helpful for humanity to understand every single virus or like rather understand viruses as a class it might be helpful for humanity to try to understand the causes of some of the most important viruses that are plaguing humanity at the moment mm-hmm. right yeah and understand, for instance, right, that the fact that they contracted a particular virus means that there is stuck energy in them and a particular kind of stuck energy. And by the way, they themselves manifested that disease as a means of helping them, not as a means of hurting them. Mm-hmm. Right? So virus is always a help. Yes. Got it. Okay. And uh, in this case, you just have to go like virus by virus so like for example like an encyclopedia of viruses from the spiritual perspective something like that (laughs) uh there's i wish there was such an encyclopedia uh available to you yeah um unfortunately there is not i mean it's a very misunderstood subject Mm -hmm. um as an example like maybe uh, um we can look at the most common virus on this planet flu right sure like what what does it mean um and uh, for for a person who has flu yeah and uh, what should this person do what do you have any thoughts um like it's a respiratory i think it's related to breathing i think you already had some thoughts about like flu in previous episodes yeah just wanted to dig deeper yeah so you know the thing is all of these things once you start looking at them makes 
so much even logical sense right that like everything is so much on the surface yeah that it's you don't even have to dig deep right so you just have to truly understand okay a particular virus what organs does it uh affect right Right. so you first go there Mm -hmm. right um common flu you know what does it affect Mostly it is a respiratory disease, so it affects your lungs, your trachea, you know, everything in the throat area, your nose, potentially, like, all of that, like, right? So it prevents the free flow of breathing. Not only that, but also prevents free flow of communication, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually a lot harder to communicate when you have a massive sore throat and your whole body hurts. So the flu virus, all of its um, different aspects, and there have been so many, right? Part part of the some of them are mutations of the original virus, some of them are additional viruses embedded. This is all basically flu is here to heal humanity of its communication impairments. Um, so everything that has to do with the blue chakra and communication is actually flu. So what it's showing you is that communication, flu is the number one most spread virus, different forms of flu and common cold, but like let's, let's add them all to the same bucket. Um, is all about how you communicate with yourself and other. So human communication is broken let's let's examine and and basically flu is here to move out this energy of broken communication Hmm. and it is a longitudinal project flu is supposed to be here for another 100 to 100 years um there are you know every virus has its own time frame like i said uh but not when it gets inside of the human's body but like when it, it gets programmed um, you know, the, some viruses are created for like two years. Some viruses are created for 50 years. Some viruses are created for 200 years. That is like normal course. So um, when I say longitudinal, I mean that flu is one of those viruses that, that's meant to cure humanity very gently. Mm-hmm. And that's another distinction that's worth mentioning about the virus. Depending on the intensity of the virus, the cure either happens instantaneously or it happens over time. Yeah. So communication issues, you know, it has been selected, chosen, and programmed that the flu virus is going to be milder than a lot of the other viral diseases, right? So as far as a virus, it's pretty mild. It's like low to medium severity. Yeah. Right? But because of low to medium severity, because that is the impact that has been chosen, it needs to be around humanity for longer to actually achieve its end game, which hmm. is fixing the communication mess, right? And by the communication mess, I mean, okay, look, and let's start within internal dialogue. How do humans talk to themselves? Is it in a loving and kind way? Or is it in the you're not enough? Why do you suck so badly way? And the answer, unfortunately, is the latter. Under 15% of human humans alive on Earth today speak to themselves kindly. The rest is at best neutral. At best neutral. So human, human beings cannot even figure out self-communication. So if you cannot even treat yourself kindly, your body, your organs, you know, your mind, your feelings, your full being. How could you do that for others? You're operating from a place of my cup is empty and has been empty for a while. So don't come to me with your problems because I have my own. Right? Hmm. So, and then there's interpersonal communication. Right? You guys have issues even with the like the people that are closest to you. Like friends have fights, um, parents and children have fights, husbands and wives have fights. Like these are the closest people, 
you spend an ungodly amount of time with those people, you can't even get that communication right. Now we can move a step further. Group communication. You know, when one speaks and the rest of them perceive. Have you noticed that when one person says something, and then there are 10 people listening, that 10 people are going to take that one statement 10 different ways, depending on where they are in their own personal lives? Because it's in that moment, it's all about them. So the communicator is coming from, it's all about me. And the listeners in the group are coming from, it's all about me. So if everybody's all about me, who is there to listen to anyone? Nobody. So your communication falls on deaf ears 99.99% of the time. That is not how true communication is meant to be. This is not how it feels. To be misunderstood, to feel like it's dangerous to speak up, to have censorship and not truly have freedom of speech, all of those things are broken communication. And it's about time that this planet transcended the broken communication. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, but let's say, um, is there a kind of blueprint that you would be able to give us? Um, like every time a person has like a viral infection, you could go through the list, like a checklist and see like, okay, the f first one is like the organ or like part of the body that is affected and then you move to the next one and like this way you get to to the core like how to get to the core is there a technique or like maybe practice some meditation for that just to try to understand what the the reason for yeah is. as i understand you first have to understand the reason right and then you can like figure out how to deal or like reverse or change uh, the behavior or thought pattern, right? I would rather say heal the behavior instead of change it. Oh, heal, right, yeah. yes. Let's not forget that, you know, the primary purpose of all viruses is to move away stuck energy and in the process heal that aspect that has been broken. Right. right. So yes, like it, it is very helpful to first understand, you know, what organ system or systems get impacted by a particular disease you know is it a neurological type of virus does it impact you know your nerve cells is it a circulatory type of virus that impact impacts your bloodstream or other liquids in your body that the circulation you know the um, is it the respiratory uh, system etc cetera, etc cetera. is it the uh, digestive system right Mm -hmm. um, what could be helpful also for you is, you know, if you study chakras, you know that a particular organ generally corresponds to a particular chakra, right? So if you're not very spiritual, you cannot necessarily perceive things, right? Um, you, you could study that chakra that this organ corresponds to and understand what that chakra, the type of like feelings and thought forms and what is that chakra responsible for in the first place, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes it would be like a borderline where you would not be so sure like which organ. You know, for instance, with flu, you could have argued, well, I don't know, the lungs are kind of in the heart and the heart is kind of green. But the green is also about loving communication. So the, they're, they're, these two go hand in hand, right? So sometimes what you would find in trying to understand a particular virus is that it corresponds to more than one chakra right mm -hmm. so you want to study both of these chakras and what are they responsible to in your body and then um you would try to figure out maybe from your own emotions right like which aspects of the chakra maybe don't feel right or where you feel like you're not especially if you're the one that contracted a virus right mm -hmm. so that probably means that you were vibrating at the shadow aspect of that you know in that of that particular chakra right so you would want to study yourself and your reactions right around what the chakra is all about say that chakra is about 20 things and you notice that like two you personally have an issue with like, you know you have an issue with forgiveness, for instance. Or you know you have an issue around being envious of people. Or you know you have an issue of, like, 
not feeling like you don't have enough money. You know all of your issues. Right. That's not a secret, right? You're telling about the shadow side of the chakra, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Well, for instance, if the chakra is all about abundance, but you're experiencing the lack of, then that would be the shadow side of that chakra. Got it. Right? Mm -hmm. But the cornerstone energy is still abundance, right? So to heal something, you have to basically move in the direction of abundance instead of trying to fix the need for money. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because at any point in time, you your body as a vessel can only contain one aspect of a particular energy and not both. So if the axis, say there's an axis in your body, and it's, it's, it's labeled abundance. Mm-hmm. On the one side, there's a lack of, and on the other side, there is a presence of abundance. You cannot vibrate at both ends of the abundance axis. You can only vibrate at one end, right? Yeah. So if your body is a vessel for the lack of abundance, it cannot also be the vessel for the presence of abundance. It's either or. So instead of focusing on the lack of abundance, lack of money, lack of resources, lack of everything, you know, you would need to replenish that access with the presence of that resource. And by adding that new energy, the old energy is going to be displaced because you only have so much capacity for energy in your body. So you cannot hold on to 100% of the shadow aspect of something and 100% of the face value of something. Yeah. Right? It's either or. Mm-hmm. So as you start focusing and opening up and you know resonating with the higher pure aspects of something the more shadow dark bothered aspects are gonna eventually be phased out that is like the the way that healing process works it's like replacing one with the other Hmm. have you actually noticed that it's really really hard to you know uh if you have a habit to just completely quit something yeah. So very often, like, that's why you have e-cigarettes right now, because when people are smoking, they've developed a habit. Yeah. So like it's easier to, instead of just quitting smoking and not doing anything, to first do like an e-cig, right? So the same concept, so it's, it's basically like you have a habit, which means that like, un, you know, this desire or expectation for a particular action to happen, right? So it's easier to actually just keep replacing more harmful things with less harmful things Hmm. as opposed to just completely quitting something called turkey the same thing is you cannot quit feeling bad about your finances that's not going to happen all you can do is gradually replace your thought forms by the ones that are getting you to quit that habit eventually for instance i'll give an example say you feel like you're broke all the time since we're on the topic of abundance and your thought process is i never have money for anything i never have money for anything say your goal and you think right say you perceive abundance by your definition of abundance is i always have enough money for everything i want especially travel and clothes say that that's your definition of abundance nothing wrong with that you cannot move from i never have money for anything to i always have money for travel and clothes in one sitting that's not gonna happen so what i'm suggesting is actually a gradual step-by-step process say first you were to adopt a mantra something like that I always have money for bills. Do you imagine what huge shift there is in energy from I never have money for anything to I always have money for bills? Yeah, it's a big shift. Crazy big shift. But honestly, you haven't even started to scratch the surface of abundance because just having enough to pay your bills is not abundance, let's be real. But this might be something that displaces your old habit of not having enough for anything to at least having enough for bills and then you can you know once you start getting comfortable you know what i always have money for bills repeating that as a mantra writing it down you know making it real noticing all the things in your life that is true you paid your telephone bill great because you always have money for bills 
you pay it you paid your gas bill amazing because you always have money for bills you paid your rent phenomenal great job you know what you always have money for bills and then you know once you actually truly believe that yeah there's a lot of external evidence you always have money to pay your bills then you can move on to the next thing it can be like i always have money to treat myself that could be your next thing you know a treat could be an ice cream cone right but imagine and feel how big of a shift it is from i always have money for bills to i have money to treat myself hmm. yeah. big shift towards abundance eventually you'll get to your definition of abundance and then you can take another leap you know then maybe you would want to try it on versus i always have money for anything i want how about that hello private jets and yachts <laughs> you know like there is it's all about that gradual movement the reality that you're living in is very dense it doesn't change overnight so it requires a lot of patience and a lot of very deliberate mental work to get you to where you need to go so it's all about perseverance and just repetition hmm. right and then having patience enough to see it through if you don't see the result tomorrow you haven't let that settle you know you have to like keep at it you know when you are changing your thought forms and belief forms you have to be patient with hmm. with them and eventually they will change and eventually they will help you create the life that you want it's not going to be overnight and it's not going to be over a week got it uh but um some viruses uh, develop much faster right and uh like do you have time to go through this practice like of gradually like improving then basically in a couple of weeks you can die for example because the process is so fast <laughs> Or you're like have to find the thing that can buy you some time. There is no way for you to get cured from a virus unless you're willing to make an instant shift. Like when it's a life or death situation, it's different. You're gonna have to be able to make an instant shift between the old you energies and the new you energies. Right. And unfortunately, in that moment, it's already too late. Like the virus kind of comes and takes over. Like they are in the driver's seat. Yeah. But uh, you know how, for example, the power of promise right when you promise yourself i'm gonna do this okay can it help can it help yes maybe but that's then you're you're like tricking the system basically when you're making a promise like i promise i'm gonna get through this the virus is coming and you know imagine the virus is like it, you know is is in your house they broke down the front door they've arrived and they're like we need you to change this one thing right now by the way on your subconscious level you know exactly what the virus is here to change make no mistake you already know it so the people that check out and die of coronavirus in the hospital they have subconsciously decided that they would rather die than change and it is their choice it's everybody's choice so it's not really the fact that it's you know you're unaware that this is happening doesn't mean that this is not happening everybody in the, the hospital sick with coronavirus and diagnosed is going to pick a road are they on with the new earth and what this virus is bringing about or would they rather stick to their old ways And how much would they rather stick to their old ways? And the people that would rather stick to their old ways, no matter what, a lot of them choose to die and check out. And that is their choice. That makes sense. When you say, I promise something, 
in essence, you're cheating a little bit by saying, hey, I'm not gonna make this shift the way you want it right now, but I'm gonna make it over time because that's the only way the virus is gonna let you through. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, 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 I see what you mean. So you like, instead of selecting- It's cheating. It's, yeah. it's cheating. Hey, it works. It is gonna work. But the thing is, when you say, I promise to get out of this no matter what, in essence, you promise to change to what the virus needs you to change to no matter what, just maybe not right away. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you've made the choice. You've upgraded. Got it. It just buys you a little time. Now, not every virus is lethal. Right. Some viruses are not. Like, flu is, you know, it doesn't have to be lethal. It's not really as lethal as some other viruses. But a lot of people still, a lot of people are like, you know what? I'd rather die than communicate in a loving way. I see what you mean. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. So a virus doesn't really, I don't know if I'm helpful, but like the virus doesn't like, you can't really cheat a virus. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, it's like a terrorist that's holding a gun to your head. Like, it's very hard to cheat. Like in that, that by that promise is pretty much one of the very, very few ways that you can come up with as opposed to something like a chronic disease, something like that fully in control of your of, of yours and it, it can be a gradual change you don't have doesn't have to be overnight you have your whole life to fix it if you know what i mean hmm. something that is like um created by your own personal emotional body that's not a planetary change by the way virus always affects things on a planetary level if it's your own personal thing no nobody up there up high is going to even bother creating a virus because it, it's your own like individual issue. Viruses are created for systemic problems and systemic issues. That's why when they're in your life and you're sick, they demand to change right now. Either change or get out. Most disease, bacterial disease, you know, uh, psychosomatics, all of that, chronic disease, it's not like that. You have all the time in the world and it's not so black and white. And by the way, nobody's going to make you and force you into a decision. But a virus is for fast systemic change. And sometimes it requires sacrifice. It requires people to either move along or move out of the way. Now, is that the preferred route? Absolutely not. If society was able and willing to move towards where it needs to go in and of itself, nobody would need the construct of a virus. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for sharing this information uh, with us today. Um, And um, now I'm going to end this session. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.